Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. If you have your Bible, would you open up to Matthew 14? Matthew 14. Last week, Pastor Keith started a three-week series on vision. And if I can say this, I am so grateful that 22 years ago, Pastor Keith and Kay heard the vision from God to come to Sioux Falls and plant Celebrate. But even more than that, that I am grateful that he's continued that same vision and commitment for 22 years. Do you know how rare that is? That someone not only starts a vision, but continues the vision? And I, I hope that you constantly pray for them, that God would increase his, encourage his heart and increase his vision as well. And it's interesting, as he talked last week, he shared some numbers that in the book of Acts, when the church started, there were 120. But then as he walked through it, you heard him say that in a matter of months, there were 15,000 people, if you include women and children, in the church. Can we say that's unbelievable in a few months? Can we also agree that it wasn't because of their kids' ministry or their youth program? You don't go from 120 to 15,000 because of the worship music or the coffee that is served or the look of the building or your social media and web presence. So what in the world happened? And he walked through, there were five things, five characteristics of things that that early church did that caused the movement of God. Now, the reason we're looking at this is because this, how many of you want to see God move that way today? I want to see that. And so if God did then, he can do it now. Here were the five things Pastor Keith talked about last week. We must be dependent on the Holy Spirit. We have to be devoted to one another. We have to be dutiful in prayer. We have to be deliberate in giving. And then we must be dedicated to reaching the lost. We must be dedicated to reaching the lost. Would you say that with me? We must be dedicated to reaching the lost. The lost. And it's on this one we want to talk more today because there's one reason that Jesus came from heaven to earth. One reason. He said, The Son of Man has come to seek and save who? The lost. Exactly. You know, I don't think there's anything sweeter in the world than to hear the prayer of a child. You know what I'm saying? There, there is such honesty, there's such just, it's out there spontaneous, and sometimes it's just downright funny as well. Here's a couple of prayers of children that I love. Dear God, my mom tells me that you have a reason for everything on earth. I guess broccoli is one of your mysteries. <laughs> Dear God, I need you to make my mom not allergic to cats. I really want a cat, and I really don't want to ask my mom to move out. <laughs> I like this one. Dear God, I hope my dog is with you in heaven. Please take care of him, and I'm sorry if he chews on your sandals. <laughs> Probably the only thing sweeter is if it's the prayer of your child or your grandchild when they're praying for you. Dear God, please be with Mommy. Please be with Daddy. Be with Papa. Be with Nana. But you know what I think? I think the greatest compliment I could ever receive is when someone comes to me and says, I'm praying for you. How many of you agree that when you know someone's praying for you, that touches your heart? Would you agree with me on that? Here's what I want to ask you today. Do you know that last night someone prayed for you? They did. 
Do you know that this morning someone prayed for you? They did. In fact, do you know that right now someone's praying for you? They are. You know, what's crazy is that the person that's prayed for you and praying for you probably hasn't even met you, don't even know your name. But they're praying for you because you're the answer to their prayer. See, when God answers a prayer, he sends a person. When someone is praying for something in their life, some way in their life, somehow in their life, God sends someone in their life. And you see it throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible, hundreds of examples. When the Israelites were in Egypt and they were praying for deliverance, God sent someone, Moses. When the Ethiopian was praying for somehow to understand Scripture and he didn't understand Scripture when he was in the chariot, God sent someone, Philip. In fact, I can tell you this in my, my life personally, it's happened over and over again. I remember praying for a specific area for Cindy and I in our, in our life, in our marriage. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what turn I was supposed to take. And for about six months, I just prayed, God, God, what do you want? What do you want? And then a friend introduced me to someone. And when he introduced me to someone, the Holy Spirit audibly in my heart said, listen to him. He's the answer. And he was. I remember another time being in youth ministry and we were saying, God, what would it take for us to, to really reach the students in the city that don't go to churches? What would that take? What would that look like? God, can you show us, show us how, how, how? What should we do? What should we do? And we, I had a friend of mine, we prayed for about 18 months consistently on that. And then we were invited to a small gathering of about 15 people outside of Kansas City of youth workers from around the country just looking at what's happening around the country in youth ministry. And I'll never forget that night as a guy introduced someone and said, he's going to share a little bit what's going on in their region. And the minute he started talking, the Holy Spirit did the same thing. He says, listen to him. He's the answer to what you've been praying for. I turned to my friend and I said, did you hear that? He said, he's the answer, isn't he? Yes, he is. And he was. It's how God works. You know, it's a story that says that when Jesus came from the tomb and went back to heaven, that he talked with the angel Gabriel. Gabriel said, well, how do you go on earth? How did, how did the plan go of saving, saving the world? Jesus said, well, um, I, I, I hope it, it'll go well. And he says, well, well what'd you do? He says, well, I lived a godly life. I taught people the way of God. I, I died for their sins. I had about a couple thousand people that were following me but then I rose from the dead, and then I met with 120 of them. They were all kind of frightened, but I met with them to show them that, hey, it's really true, it's alive. And then I left the Holy Spirit with them to finish the work. And Gabriel said, so your plan is dependent on 120 ex-prostitutes, misfits, and fishermen? And Jesus goes, uh, yeah. And Gabriel said, what happens, what's the plan if it doesn't work out? Jesus said, there is another plan. Friends, you and I are the plan. You and I are the answer to the prayer. So what does it mean for you and I to be the answer to someone's prayer because someone's praying for you right now? In order to do that, it's simply understanding the example of Christ. In fact, here's how Jesus said it in John 13. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. So let's look at Matthew. I'm going to start in the 13th verse. We're going to read the first part, and then we'll come back to it and finish it here in a little bit. Matthew 14, verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. 
But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Here's the key line. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. He had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. He had compassion on them. He healed their sick. He saw people. He had compassion. He met their need. Saw people, had compassion, met their needs. Say that with me, would you? He saw people, had compassion, met their need. Let's look at it. First thing, if you're taking notes, Jesus saw people. He saw who? Saw people. He looked at them. You know, some of you might remember a movie some years back started Mel Gibson. The movie was entitled, What Women Want. Hey, remember that movie? It's a fun movie. And in there, if you remember it, He's working as kind of the head of the corporation. There's a lot of women around him kind of thing. And one day he's getting ready to, in the morning, and he slips and he's holding a blow dryer and he kind of falls into the bathtub and he kind of electrocutes himself. But when he comes to, he realizes that he hears voices. And all of a sudden he begins to realize he's hearing the voices of women that are around him and he, he knows what they're thinking. First, I want to make a statement. I never want that gift ever, ever in my life. I want to stay ignorant, totally ignorant to that fact. But if you remember the story, suddenly as he's hearing this, he begins to see people that he's just walked by always. He's never seen him before, but now he actually really sees them. A blind man was asked one time what his greatest obstacle was to being blind, and he said this, that people see me as blind. They express sympathy, but I don't want that. I want them to understand that I'm not just blind. I want them to see me. And you know what? That's the cry of our world today. It starts when little kids are on the playground and it's time for recess and we're going to have sides. And what's the fear? What's the number one fear if you're in that situation? Not being chosen or being chosen last. And it's pick me, pick me, see me, see me. And you know what? All day long it happens all around us. It could be the person that serves you at the restaurant. could be the person that you work beside. could be a person that you go to school with. And they're all saying the same thing. Pick me, see me, notice me. And you can see it the way people, what they post on social media. You ever, you ever just look at some of the stuff and you go, why would they post that? I mean, like, I really care about that recipe. No, I don't. I mean, like, why would you do that? But people want to be noticed. They want to be seen. Right now, they say there's 7.9 billion, that's with a B, people living in the world right now. And even though there's that many people, so many people are alone. In fact, a recent Gallup survey just said this, that in a study, 40% of all Americans, they said, experience, experience intense loneliness every day. Can we agree COVID has accelerated that? Absolutely. Jesus said this in Matthew 6. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If the body's healthy, the whole body will be full of light. We're supposed to be light in a dark world, and that light starts by us actually seeing people. Pastor Keith has quoted Helen Keller many times in this phrase, the greatest human tragedy is not blindness, but having eyes and yet cannot see. Here's reality. We all want to be seen. You do, I do, we do. But in order for us to be the prayer, we have to do what Jesus did. We have to see them. Or let me say it differently. Jesus chose to see people. In fact, there's so many examples. Matthew 4, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew. A couple of verses later, he saw James and John. 
It says there was a woman bleeding, had a bleeding disease for 12 years. And Jesus, the Bible says Jesus saw her and healed her. What do you see? Can I answer it for you? You see what you're looking for. Let, let me explain. A few years back, Cindy and I wanted to get a different vehicle. And I wanted to get something that was kind of unique, okay? And we're a Honda family, always have been. And so we wanted to get something little big. So I got, we got a CRV, Honda CRV that was light blue. I want to be unique. Can I tell you, there are 10,000 blue Honda CRVs in Sioux Falls. I had no idea how many there were because I was never looking for it. I, I leave them all now. It takes me a half hour to find my car because there's 50 CRV light blues in that, in that lot. I'm going, oh, my land. Because now I'm seeing them. Can I tell you a phrase that has never left my lips? It has never left my lips. Look, there's a Ford Pinto. <laughs> I have never said it. Ever. That was the greatest mistake in human engineering in the automotive industry. Ever. <laughs> it's interesting. What do you see? Here's what Jesus said. Open your eyes. Say that phrase with me. Open your eyes and take a look, good look at what's right in front of you. I'm telling you, the fields are ripe. It's harvest time. The worst time for us to open our eyes will be when we're in heaven. Because what's going to happen, you'll open your eyes and you're not going to see people you thought were going to be there. You know, why don't we choose to see people? Can I tell you why we don't choose to see people? Why I don't choose to see people? It's because then I have to do something. Acts chapter 9, crazy story, been a fun way, but Saul has been persecuting Christians, and if you know the story, he gets knocked off his horse, literally, by Jesus, and blinded. And in Acts 9, it says this. It says, he remained in Damascus blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, saying, Ananias, yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Now, catch this line, catch this line. He is praying to me right now. So for three days, Saul, who will become Paul, Saul has been praying for, God, God what do you want? What, what does this mean? God, what is this? And God says, you're praying for something, I'm going to send someone. He says, I'm going to send him to you. He says, he's praying for me right now. I've shown him in a vision that a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. And then Ananias gives the great two words that we all pray. But Lord, that's what he says. But Lord, do you know who this guy is? He's killing Christians. But Lord, I don't have time for this. But Lord... I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But Lord, I don't have any resources. But Lord, and isn't that usually our response? Because we don't want to see it. Interesting in Mark 5, another fabulous story. I, I, I love the Bible so much. It is so full of life. In Mark 5, there's a story. Jesus is walking, and at a distance, not a far distance, but at a distance, he sees someone. Now, here's how the Bible describes it. Crazy guy, naked. Okay, well, it's, that in itself wouldn't be that weird because that's Tim Valentine, Pastor Tim. I mean, that's, that's who he is, okay? Crazy, naked guy. But it says not only crazy, naked, but demon-possessed, living in a cemetery, breaking out of chains. Okay, 
the guy that you would invite over for Thanksgiving. Okay? I mean, can you imagine if you're a parent and your boy or girl says, Daddy, we'd, I'd like to invite someone over for Thanksgiving. What do you think about, sweetheart? Well, you know that crazy, naked, demon-possessed guy in the cemetery that breaks out chains? Could we ever invite him over? Don't think so. And if you remember the story, Jesus casts out the demons. The demons go into a bunch of pigs. They fall, go off the cliff. And it says the entire city came out to see him. And then I'd never caught this before until this week. It says they came out and they see this man. Now, first of all, does, does everybody know who he is? Oh, yeah, everybody knows who he is. Okay. They see this guy sitting in his full mind, fully clothed. Miracles happen. But then it says this phrase, and they were all afraid. I go, that's weird. Why, when he's in his right mind, fully clothed, healed, why are now you afraid? And you know what I think is? Because now they have to get close to him. Beforehand, I can choose not to see him because there's that crazy cat, but now... I have to see him, and I have to choose to see him. What keeps you and I from choosing to see people? Is it their skin? Is it their sin? Their sickness? What is it? That we can't see beyond that? See, Jesus was able to see beyond that. Could we get to a spot where we see the attic, but we don't see the attic. We see an attic that God can redeem and pastor other people out of addiction. Could we look beyond the person's divorce to say that God can redeem that person and that person could now pastor people who are coming out of divorce? Could we look at a person in prison and not see the person in prison, but could we look beyond that to see someone God could redeem and pastor other people who are in that spot? Could we do that? Listen, 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 listen. Do you, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Someone's praying for you right now. They're praying for you right now. You're the answer to their prayer. Will you choose to see them? Will you choose to have compassion? Will you choose to meet their need? Here's the second one. I already mentioned Jesus had compassion. He had what? He actually loved them. Here's another way it's said. is in Matthew 9, verse 35. says this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Man, does that describe today? Helpless, sheep without a shepherd? The Bible says that actually compassion is the true dress for success. Paul wrote it this way in Colossians. Clothe yourself with compassion. Now, I'm dating myself, but when I grew up as a kid, if you went to the grocery store, you had a choice. Paper or? You know, they don't give you choice anymore. Everything's plastic. We have become a plastic society in every way, shape, and form. We've become more like the farmer who was standing in a field when a city fellow came back to a, came to a fork of the road and he shouted to the farmer, Hey, old timer, does it make any difference which road I take? To which the farmer said, Not to me, it doesn't. And that's the way we are a lot of times. Romans 12 says it this way. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Walter Trubb says it this way. If I just do my thing and you just do yours, we stand in danger of losing each other and ourselves. Then he goes on to say, I cannot find you by chance. I find you by an active life of reaching out. Okay, now this one, I'm, I'm being honest, is hard for me. This is hard for me because 
Mercy is not one of my natural spiritual gifts. I've told you that before. Brian Relson is our pastor of care. I'm the pastor who doesn't care. <laughs> not naturally. I'm just being honest. Not naturally. I have to choose every day. Read, be compassionate. Read, be compassionate. Jesus chose compassion. Here's some of the scriptures. Matthew 8 says this. To the man with leprosy, Jesus said, I am willing and he cleansed him. You don't just touch a leper. Matthew 8, 7 says this to the centurion. Jesus said, I will come and I'll heal your servant. In Luke 7, to the widow whose only son had died, here's what the Bible says. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Compassion's a choice. So why don't we choose to be compassionate? You know why I don't sometimes? Ah, it's going to get messy. And I like order. I like things ordered. And now it's going to get messy. My prayer is, God, would you please send someone else? So we do. Some of you obviously won't remember this because this was a while back. Some of you might, though. February 24, 1958. Life magazine, and Life magazine at that point was a, a nationwide magazine. Everybody basically had access to it. Featured an article titled, Mass Murder Trial of a Teenage Gang. It pictured seven gang members in New York that were accused of murdering a 15-year-old boy that had polio disabled. The entire nation saw the article. The entire nation saw the trial. Yet only one man, a pastor of a small church in Pennsylvania, saw the boys. And as he read the article, God spoke in his spirit said, move to New York and help those boys. Well, he did out of obedience. And because of that obedience, it started a worldwide ministry that goes on today called Teen Challenge. He started Times Square Church and became a best-selling book and movie, The Cross and the Switchblade. His name was David Wilkerson. See, a natural byproduct of a person, when you and I enter in a personal relationship with Jesus, is that we become more loving to other people. That's a natural byproduct. So we can say it this way, if we do not choose to have compassion on people, our faith is not what we think it is at all. I sometimes wonder, man, why was Jesus so stinking tough on the Pharisees and religious leaders? I mean, he's so gentle with the, the prostitute and the, the broken and the tax gatherer, and then he just, bam, the Pharisees, say, I mean, just beats on them. Why? You know why? Because they saw the need and they refused to have compassion. They saw the man in Sabbath that had the deformed hand, but you can't heal on a Sabbath. You can't do that instead of having compassion and, heal, and seeing him healed and rejoice on that. <laughs> Can I say it this way? It's so good to be together. It's so good to be together. But our attendance in church means to Jesus. If it's not tied to us going out and having compassion with people, it means nothing. In fact, Matthew 25 gives an indication of this is Jesus talking of who's going to be in heaven. Would you read this with me? Out loud, here we go. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Listen, 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 listen. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Someone's praying for you right now. You're the answer to their prayer.
Will you choose to see them? Will you choose to have compassion? If that's the case, then there's the third one that Jesus did. He met their needs. He met their what? He lived it out. There are so many phrases of Pastor Keith that stay with me, that I just have, have molded me in so many ways. But probably the one that has molded me the most is this. You impress at a distance, but you impact up close. That's very true. Compassion always gets involved. First John 3.16 says it this way. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears. And you made it disappear. Ouch. 1 John 3, 18, let's stop just saying we love each other. Let's really do it and show it by our actions. Richard, Richard Curtis says it this way, if I pray for someone, then I have to get up the next morning and do something about it. If you still have Matthew 14 open, look at it again. Let's finish the next verses because we sometimes read the first, but we don't go to the next. I think it's fascinating how Jesus did this. So verse 14 Again, this is what we read. So Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. But now catch what happens right after that. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. I love it. Jesus showed it, but now he's showing them. Who, who saw the need for the, that the people were hungry. Who saw it? The disciples did. He said, you saw the need. You fill the need. You're the answer. And of course, what do they go? But God, we only have a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. No, with me, you have everything you need. Just give me the loaves and the fish. See, if we see the need, <laughs> this happens a lot. People come and say, Pastor, the church really should do this. And then they describe what the church should do. Or, you know, the church should really do this. And they describe this. The church, the church. Who's the church? We are. If you see the need, you're the church. You are the one to solve that problem because God showed you. You're the answer to that situation. God rarely works through our strengths. (laughs) He really likes to work through our weaknesses. And if you got some, he loves loaves and fish. You know, there's a song you might remember by Matthew West. Man, I think it says it well. I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble. Now, thought, how do we ever get down so far? And how's it ever going to turn out around? So I turned my eyes to heaven and I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. I created you. Tony Campolo was a sociology instructor at Eastern College in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Great Christian speaker and author as well. And one day he was invited to a prayer gathering, woman's prayer gathering, the large church. So it's all women. He's the only guy there. And before he gets up to speak, the chairperson comes up and reads a letter, a letter from a missionary overseas that explains what's happening and the fact that they can't finish the work because they have a financial need of of several thousand dollars to finish the financial need. The chairperson reads the letter, finishes it, and then turns to Dr. Campola and says, Dr. Campola, would you please come up and pray for this request? 
<laughs> Wish I could have been there. He looks at her and goes, nope. Awkward. She turns back and says, really, please, we would love to, we'd ask you to pray for this request. He says, nope, won't do it. He gets up, he says, let me, let me look at the letter. Looks at the letter, he says, nowhere in here do I see that she's asking for prayer. What was she asking for? Money, a specific amount of $1,000. He says, here's what we're going to do. He says, I need an offering plate. Bring an offering plate. He said, she needs money to finish this. And he said, I picked a good day. He pulled out his wallet. He says, I'm going to put everything in it I have. He only had $20. So he said, I'm going to put everything in the plate. There it is. The chairperson who's standing right there looks at the women and says, I think we've all got the point, lady, don't we? We all, we've all gotten the point, ladies, haven't we? He says, you don't got anything because your money's still in your purse. <laughs> I put all mine in, put all yours in. And she had a lot more than 20. <laughs> and she did. Then he took the plate and he went row by row by row in absolute silence while they took what was in their purses. And he said, okay, count it. They came back and the amount was much larger than the need. And then he made this statement. How dare we ask God to answer a prayer when he's given us the ability to be the answer? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Listen, listen. Someone is praying for you right now. And you're the answer to their prayer. Will you choose to see them? Will you choose to have compassion? Will you choose to meet their need? Liberia prayed for water. We were the answer to that prayer. There's a child at Terry Redland who's praying for a mentor. You're the answer to that prayer. There's a teenager that's praying for someone to be a spiritual mom or dad in their life. You're the answer to that prayer. Someone is praying right now for someone to give them hope, encouragement. They don't know which way to turn. You will meet them. You're the answer to that prayer. Someone is praying for someone to disciple them because they don't know where to even start this relationship with Jesus. You're the answer to that prayer. This is Nancy. Nancy's nine years old. She says that she wants to become a doctor. We're fortunate to eat two meals a day consisting mainly of rice and soup. She's praying for you right now. Will you be the answer? This is Emmanuel. Lives in Liberia. I live with my grandparents, four aunts, six uncles, and brother. I enjoy being in Bible study. I want to attend school because I want to become a doctor. He's praying for you right now. Will you be that prayer? In his book, A Mile Wide, Brandon Hatmaker shares the story of his first trip to Ethiopia 
when he went to work with his friend, Steve Fitch, the founder of Eden Projects. Deforestation had devastated parts of Ethiopia as generation after generation had stripped the forest bare, leaving the land barren. Eden is a reforestation effort with a vision to plant 100 million trees. Great vision. By the time Brandon boarded the plane, he was having second thoughts about the trip. He had fear of flying. He was leaving his family behind, and actually he wondered what difference his going was going to make. Brandon was feeling sorry about his attitude, and so he closed his eyes and he prayed this prayer. He said, God, I'm sorry. I'm trying, but I just don't get it. I, I don't want to be on this plane. I feel like I'm wasting my time and money. If this is important to you, will you please overcome my ignorance, doubt, and blindness? Will you connect the dots and show me what I'm missing? Amen. As soon as he finished the prayer, the man sitting right next to him was an Ethiopian in his mid-30s. He turned to Brandon and said, is this your first time to Ethiopia and why are you going? And Brandon said, I could have said a variety of things of community development and I'm going because of ministry, but I said, I don't know why. He said, I just said, "Um, I'm going to plant trees. So I'm going. When he said it, there was an elderly woman on the other side of the Ethiopian man who in her native tongue asked this Ethiopian man a question which he responded in the same tongue. At which the elderly woman immediately started to wail. I mean, loudly, waving her arms in just lots of motion. In fact, started standing up and waving her arms. And Brandon turns to the man and says, what, What's going on? He said, Well, that was my mother, and she asked me what you were doing. He said, Well, what did you say? He said, I said that you were going to plant trees. Well, what, what's your mom saying? What's, what's going on? That's when the man revealed that his mother had been praying for 38 years that God would forgive them for doing what they did to the land and that God would send somebody to plant a tree. Before Brandon knew what was going on, she put his hands, her hands on him and started praying over him. Can I remind you, and I, we are the answer to someone's prayer. In this case, for 38 years, more than he was alive, she'd been praying. What would happen if tomorrow morning, instead of you and I giving, getting up and telling God what we need, which we're really quick to do, what if tomorrow morning we said, God, I know last night someone prayed for me. God, today, would you help me see them? Would you help me have compassion? Would you help me need, meet their needs? Would you help me on that, God, through your Holy Spirit? What would happen to the church. I think we'd see acts. Do you hear it? Listen, 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 listen. Someone's praying for you right now. Will you see him? Will you have compassion? Will you meet their needs? Father God, we love you so much. But God, I'm just going to say right now, forgive me. God, forgive me for the times I have chosen not to see people. I didn't want to get involved. Didn't want to have to uh, put another thing on my plate. God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me for the time I chose not to have compassion because I didn't want to get messy. I'm sorry.
God, forgive me for the times I chose not to meet their needs. I was so concerned about what I had and what it might cost me. And God, it's all from you anyway. God, forgive me. Forgive us. God, we know right now someone is praying right now. And your answer is to send us. Would we be obedient to that and let you get all the glory? We love you. We adore you. We ask this in your name and all God's people said, amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.